guys. Welcome back to another episode of The Blondest Podcast. I'm your host, Savannah Boda. And I'm your co-host, Tyler Jacoby. Yay. Um, <laughs> we're so happy to have Did you I guys you here. No, I don't know. A little bit. Um, but we're so excited to have you all here. Another Monday. Happy New Year 2023. Another Monday. Okay. She still hasn't gotten a, out of her system. Maybe by this episode coming out. Maybe. Um, but today we're going to talk about how to stay relevant in an ever-changing industry. Yeah, we feel like with the new year, there's going to be so many new things that come out this year. Mm-hmm. So, and every year, honestly, they just, I think they're really focusing on technology aspect of skincare nowadays. And mm-hmm. so it's like rapidly changing. All the time. It's pretty crazy, honestly. And it's just, I mean, in general, I feel like in any industry, as we get smarter, as there's more technology, like things just change. And the old school way of doing stuff is just left in the dust, you know? Like no one really does like microderm anymore. It's kind of like gives off like old lady vibes on you too, like microdermabrasions. They're still great. Um, And I think microderm will always have a place in the industry. There's just so much like cooler and newer stuff. Um, But kind of how I talked about a couple podcast episodes ago, it's really hard to not get shiny object syndrome um, because there is a bunch of new things. And this is how you can go bankrupt and lose your business super fast when you feel that pressure to buy everything new and spend where you can't afford. It's not cheap. This industry has a lot of overhead. That's the only sad part about it is you can make a lot of money in this industry but you're using a lot of materials and goods. It's not like you're just like a consulting firm and like you're literally making money off of like your voice and yeah. talking to people in your brain. Like you have to have tools and beds and lighting and ambiance and retail and peels and lasers and machines. Like there's so much overhead in the aesthetics industry. And that's what puts a lot of people out of business is making poor investment choices when it comes to machines and things like that. Yeah. Like you didn't, Like you, I really admire you because although you do have the income to purchase Mm -hmm. these expensive things, you hold off on a long time and you really debate it. And like you, like, again, your business was making seven figures Mm -hmm. for over two years before you even invested in a busy account. Or Or a hydrofacial. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's like a lot of other people would have jumped at that far sooner, but like you made sure it was a very solid financial decision for you and it's something you wanted to have in your business long term yeah you know what i'm saying no definitely and a lot of those are money eaters and they have high consumable prices so it's not only that you're buying the machine which is expensive but then you have to have serums and tips and you know disposable things that are you know a lot of lasers they have like punch cards almost and when you put the card in it only has so many uses Mm -hmm. and then you have to get another one so it's a lot of overhead. And thankfully with me, a lot of my services aren't very big overheads for me. So I'm able to make a good income on my services and I'm just using products versus having a big machine and also running the side of, oh, this machine breaks and it needs to get service and I have to move clients because my machine's not working or I just don't like relying on machines. I really like to be good with my hands. Of course, peels and stuff are different. I mean, the peels are the peels, but it's how you apply them. It's the pressure that you use. It's the material that material that you use to apply the chemical peel. I mean, there's just so many things that go into it. Um, and then, of course, I do a lot of microneedling, but my skin pen 
It's like $5,000. I mean, what we're talking about here is these like $200,000, $300,000 lasers. And I think what gets me and what's turned me off of it first, I did lasers for a very long time. And I honestly feel like I'm not really missing much in my business. Um, there is a laser that I am interested in. It's about 100K. And the reason I want it is because I'm not able to treat vascular things with microneedling and with um, my peels. So any kind of telantictasia, um, any kind of veins, um, broken capillaries, things like that around the nose um, that I'm not able to target that I have to refer my clients out. That's what I feel like I'm truly missing. And for a while, I was like, ah, it's fine. I'll refer them out. I'll refer them out. But now I'm at a place where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to kind of make a bigger investment into a laser um, and I feel that like can do that for me. I feel like you're also making a good decision with this one because it is a specific laser that you're able to pair with other treatments mm -hmm. instead of, you know, it being a replacement. It's, yeah. it's an a, enhancement. It's an, yeah, exactly. And I've always had a very strong stance with, you know, certain lasers that they do cause a more while they're creating collagen, they're also destroying it at the same time because of high levels of heat, we know um, decreases collagen production. So I have been back and forth for a really long time and my market really isn't aging people yet. Um, it's really younger people, but I am trying to get more um, older clients in the door. And so for that to happen, to expand my business a little further and as I'm getting older, I think I'm attracting older clients as well. I want to have more options for them and things to help with skin tightening and anti-aging. And that really hasn't been my business before, but you know, businesses do change and your clientele definitely, definitely does change. I mean, when I was 21, starting out on my own, like my personality on Instagram attracted younger clientele and just my age. Um, and yeah, I feel like I've, I'm now kind of getting into the older demographic, yeah. which I love. Um, and I need things to do so. But I think the fear and the hesitation that I've always had and a lot of estheticians get is there's just always something new coming out. It's like an iPhone or a car. It's like you buy the 2020 iPhone and then next September, there's going to be a better one. And we're talking $1,000 here with an iPhone. This is like $300,000 lasers, right? And machines. And it's frustrating because a lot of reps and stuff, they're not up front with you about this. And sometimes, I mean, they don't even know, mm -hmm. like the company's not going to tell them, you know, like they're like not like upper level, like it's no, like the inside workings of like what new machines coming out. But I kind of got fucked over with the hydrofacial when I brought it on. Um, I got the elite and not even six months later, they had the Sendeo, which is fine and dandy. But I mean, I wasn't able to make, I was on maternity leave, so I wasn't really able to make my return on investment for that machine for how much it costed me. And then I didn't get a good buy. I mean, it was a good buyback, but I mean, I still lost out like $20,000, you know, from that. And I didn't even probably make 20,000 off the machine yet. Yeah. So I had to eat that money. And it was hard because of course, like this is all in my own head, but I'm sure other people feel this way too. But if I wasn't the Dallas esthetician, like I probably would have been fine keeping my elite. Like it really didn't change, doesn't change the facial. It's just more user-friendly and it looks cooler, but clients don't know that. Like clients don't know that it's the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like a little bit more user-friendly for the esthetician. That's really, this day is just more user-friendly for the esthetician. But when clients hear like, oh, like you have the elite, like you don't have this in Deo, like they think 
this day is better and it's a better treatment, right? Mm-hmm. They're uneducated, it's marketing, whatever. And that's how these companies really get us is because they market so much to our audience and they're going to come in asking like, oh, are you getting the new device? Oh, are you getting the new device? Mm-hmm. So the blessing and the curse of social media is that these companies are marketing directly to your customers and yeah. you kind of I mean, top deliver. It's the same thing with um, like the M Sculpt. Like, yeah, I was, I, I, I see advertisements for it and we went to, mm-hmm. um, the girl that does it that, you know, mm-hmm. Stormy. And, yeah. And so I was, I was like, oh, this isn't the new one, is it? And she was like, no, it's not. So I feel like I understand what you're saying. Like, yeah. Like, I did the exact know. same shit. And I they're was like, like, why don't you have the new one? Yeah, like, exactly. is this one not as good? Oh, well, so-and-so down the street has the new one. So I'm going to go do it with them. Like, I yep. don't want the old one. Like, yeah. I don't want the old machine used on me. Like, I'm just going to go to the new place. So Because usually the price is the same, same. that it the is. services you're offering. So it's like, why am I paying the same amount of money? For the older device. And it sucks because then you feel like, oh, I need to discount my services because I have the older machine. I mean, it's just there's so much that goes into it. And that's why I've never wanted to have a machine. I don't want to be owned by a machine and feel like a slave to my machine and then also feel that pressure of like, oh, I need this client to do this service to make it worth me having this machine, you know, Um, just ethic reasons. Also, like I don't want to put myself in a compromising situation where I feel like I have to do this service and recommend it so that. I feel like I'm getting my money's worth from this massive laser that I just purchased, you know? Um, So, I mean, there's just a lot that goes into it. And it is hard to, you know, put so much money into something just for them to come out with a brand new version of it the next year or six months later. And like, again, like the reps might not even know that something's coming. So they don't know any better. And of course, it sucks. Like, it really sucks. And the reason I got the hydrofacial and people ask this all the time. Cause I used to, I wouldn't say shit on them. I just don't think it's going to make the biggest difference, like yeah. a chemical peel or microneedling. There is a place for the hydrofacial. I love, don't get me wrong. I love the hydrofacial. It's an amazing treatment. People are obsessed with it. It's so satisfying. You get the best glow, but is it going to get rid of your acne scars and melasma and your wrinkles? No. And if anyone tells you that, run. They're lying to you. Is it going to make you look glowy, clean out your pores, give you a good exfoliation and give you a good professional treatment every month? Yes, of course. It's awesome. But it's not as corrective as these other things that I could be doing. So when someone comes in with acne and they want a hydrofacial, I'm not going to be doing that. It's not unless it's like their wedding the next day. Right. Um, I mean, I love it because the reason I brought in the hydrofacial is because I found that there was a gap in my business. And this is what y'all need to think of. Every time you think of bringing on a new machine or a new device, it should fill in a gap or replace something that you've already been doing because it's better. Right. So for me, the hydrofacial filled a gap because I'd have this fall off where a client would come in and they had something to do that night. So they didn't want a chemical peel. And they didn't want a microneedle. And I didn't really have much else. I mean, I had fire and ice facials. I had like little things here and there, but it wasn't like an experience, right? Um, And I didn't really have anything to really get junk out of people's face other than manual extractions. And sometimes that's painful. I have one client who um, is very sensitive to touch. I can't remember what it's called when people have that, but it's some mental thing that she has. And the hydrofacial is the only way I can extract her nose. And it's really helpful for me because she couldn't handle me poking and prodding at her. And so that was a really fucking hurt. Yeah. (laughs) So this was an easy way. So I was able to be there for her and perform a service for her that 
was more friendly. But anyways, I would notice either one that people would come in and be like, or they just canceled their appointment. So like, oh, I don't have time this week. I'm going out of town. I don't have time to peel or mark needle. I need nothing with no downtime. I lost that sale. I lost that client for that day. Right. And I could have been like, oh, we can do hydrofacial. It'd make you look great before your trip. Yeah. Um, so that could have been something that I did. And then also, too, once I got my clients clear, we'd move on to microneedling to get rid of any scarring. And then their scarring was gone. And I'm talking young, younger generation here. So now their skin's like virtually perfect. And they'd stop coming in to see me. And so I wanted a service. I'm like, okay, I still want to like give you a facial and like see you every month or every six weeks. What could I do? The hydrofacial filled that gap and kept my clients coming back for me and coming back for more um, when they didn't really necessarily need chemical peels or things like that. And also a great summer treatment too for clients that can't do peels in the summer and can't microneedle in the summer and are on their lake house or whatever. It's just been great. Um, so that's why I brought in the hydrofacial. Yeah. So it is difficult though with shiny object syndrome and seeing all of these like new things and you want to stay relevant. You want to have the best of the best, but you also have to know that like there is a limit and you don't want to overextend yourself and you don't want these machines to own you and you feel like a slave to these machines. Like I know for a fact, if like my hydrofacial broke, like I would still have other services that I could offer with my hands um, if it needed to get serviced or whatever. And you just don't want to be reliant on it. No, at the end of the day, it needs to provide more to you than you are going to give to it. I think like it needs to, you need to be 100% sure that like, like you said, it's going to be filling a gap. You're mm-hmm. going to be using it. It's going to, like I said, just be more beneficial to you than a headache. It, yeah, exactly. And just consumable cost too. I mean, the hydrofacial is expensive, but then on top of that, you have to buy the tips and you have to buy the serums and like, you're always paying towards that machine. You don't just like own it. It's not like a purse that you have. And you just like, once you buy that investment Birkin bag, like yeah. it's just the Birkin. No, like you're going to have to like, you know, pay yeah. all the time. Exactly. So. so it is a big overhead, but I mean, they are awesome machines, but I think the biggest thing is just know your demographic, know what you need and don't feel like you have to have every laser. I don't No, I've been so successful. Not. I've mel- I've built, you know, a seven figure business before I even had a hydrofacial, like the most expensive device I had in my building was a $5,000 microneedling pen. Yep. And, and everything that, else that is my hands. You. That yeah. carried you for the longest time. And that's the thing is like, if you're good at what you do, you don't need all these bells and whistles mm-hmm. to make a sale or to bring people in. Like mm-hmm. you can get plenty of results without yeah. buying a $300,000 laser. Like that's almost just excess at that point. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe there is, I'm sure there are places for that in your business, yeah. but it really just needs to make sense. Cause I'm, I'm 90% sure that most people don't need to go and invest that Mm-mm. and it may not be the best. Well, just, and it also, it depends on your demographic. If you're using aging clients, like you're going to need RF microneedling, you're going to need a CO2 laser or something similar, a fractional laser. I mean, you need those things. If you're doing laser hair removal, obviously you're going to need a laser hair removal machine. If you're doing body contouring, like it just depends what you want your business to be. I went into a very good little niche where I didn't need all of that, yeah. you know, and I was able to have enough clients and stuff. But now that I'm wanting to work on older clients, I'm going to need those things. And so that's where I'm at in my business where, you know, it's just different because again, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that 
you don't need a laser to deal with aging clients because you must you're going to need some sort of device. I'm sorry, your hands are not enough for those deep wrinkles like and aging clients and sagging like it needs the heavy duty lifting. So you're going to need to invest in those things. So just make sure, you know, that you're getting the best of the best. And it's hard to not feel stressed when you don't have the newest thing. And I just think I think that's my biggest concern is like I know when I get this laser that there's probably going to be a new version of it and I'm always going to be paying that but at the end of the day like you're getting great results with it and it is a great machine so and also you can't be mad also don't be afraid to like shop around and really make the sales reps like they need to teach you a lot about it before you invest that much in it like I know Savannah is looking at one and She felt like the first time that she went over it with them, like she didn't get enough. So she had them come again Mm -hmm. and do another treatment and really answer every single one of her questions. Like she, you sat there and you thought about all the questions you wanted Mm -hmm. to know about it, what exactly it did, Mm -hmm. what frequent or whatever. I don't know much about lasers, but like every single thing about it and make sure you, you really, they're there to educate you before you make this big purchase and make sure that. It's exactly yeah. what you want because there are so many options, I'm sure, out oh my there gosh, for yeah. that. So it's like, make sure it's the right fit too. And it does everything you want it to do. And don't just get something because you see someone on Instagram has it. Like I almost got an RF microneedling machine because one of the estheticians that I follow, um, she uses this one. But then I did research and found out like it's not the best. And you never know who's getting paid yep. to say stuff or getting a discount on their machine to say it's the best. Like just be smart. Don't believe everything you see on social media. Don't copy what other machines, other people have just because, you know, you think they're good. Yeah. Um, y'all always know I'll always disclose if I ever was given a machine, I would love that. So yeah. <laughs> please give it to me. No, um, literally with this one, she was like, she was like, mm, is there like any discount or anything? And they were like, no. Yeah. She's like, well, I still love it. So I'm probably going to get it anyways. Because yeah, I have two other companies, which I'm not going to name, that would give me a laser for free today if I wanted it. But with this one, they won't do that for me. But I still am going to probably end up getting it because it's so good. Yeah. like it, And that's ethical and results driven. Ethical it's is true. the first word in your motto. So. I know. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. But yeah, you never know who's getting shit for free and saying it because they have it. And they're like, this is the best. Like, is yep. it, is it Carrie or did someone give it to you? <laughs> Except for you. Except for me. I'll always be honest. And if I get something for free, I would tell you guys. Yep. But don't trust people. <laughs> That's why I'm saying do your research. Do your research. And the best way to stay relevant in the industry with an ever-changing industry, honestly, one, follow the people you look up to and see what they're doing. The forefront leaders of the industry, whatever industry you're in, whether it's injecting or whatever, they'll always have the latest and greatest information um, and be able to connect you with reps and things like that to, you know, learn more about these new machines. Conferences are really important too. going to conferences. New emerging brands are going to be there to introduce themselves and talk about who they are. Um, So making sure, you know, you're staying up in the up in the industry and you know, not getting left in the dust because there are things that are ever changing. And I think one of the most important things is having an open mind too, and not being so stubborn and stuck in what you learned in esthetician school or what you thought you knew, because things are always changing and evolving. And so just because you haven't heard of it before, doesn't mean it isn't yeah. true. No. And like, honestly, like that's, you really do practice that. Cause I was surprised with these two new brands you brought on the Epicutus and mm-hmm. was, 
hydrinity because mm-hmm. like i'm like i've never heard of those and i'm sure not a lot of people are carrying them and stuff not like everyone that. will hear about it i feel like a lot probably by now why this time this podcast has come out is probably going to be way bigger than it okay. was when i did but i mean i'm not bringing things on because they're popular and cool i'm bringing them on because i do my research and i yeah. find about underground brands that i think are gonna blow up yep. and be awesome and a lot of people follow my lead and so hydrinity is in a lot of spas now um, which is really cool. I yeah. like helping be a trendsetter because people trust my opinion, but also on the flip side too, guys, like do your own research too. Don't just do everything because an esthetician you look up to does it, yeah. you know, make sure it aligns with your values. So we talked about this a couple episodes ago about bringing on product lines, like do it because it aligns with you and you're like, if you have hyaluronic acid serums that you love, you don't need to bring on more unless yeah. you want to replace it with this, Right. You don't need to have 17 hyaluronic acid-based products in your spa. You're just going to have so much overhead. And if you have a team of estheticians, you're just going to cause them so much confusion when it comes to creating regimens. Like, should I use this? Should I use this? Mm -hmm. Like, you want to limit it to easy pickings. And then also, you don't want to overwhelm your customer and be like, well, why should I have this one when you have this one? What's the difference between HydroCool and this and this and that and, like, all these other ingredients? Like, it's just too much and... It's like the Cheesecake Factory, you guys. I always say this. Don't be the Cheesecake Factory of aesthetics. It's stressful. And people oftentimes, you know, are going to look at that, get stressed and walk away because they can't make a decision. Mm -hmm. I do that. The other day I wanted to buy a coat and they had it in like 80 different colors. And I got so stressed out because I was like, I don't know what fucking color I want. They had like seven different tans. Yeah. It was like tan, light tan, light, medium tan, brown, brown tan, Dark brown. Dark brown. And yeah. I was like, fuck, <laughs> you know, like just can you have one brown, one white, one black? Yeah. So sometimes niching down will not only generate more sales, but less confusion for your customers and for your team. Yep. It's Absolutely. hard to be a master in everything. Yeah. But I think I think it's easier once you're in the industry for longer to really know. And I'm sure a lot of people that listen kind of have more of a footing but I feel like when you're new to something mm-hmm. it's like you like you were saying earlier like the shiny object syndrome like you just want to try everything mm-hmm. and you want the newest thing and stuff like that but it's not always the most important thing and trends fade you guys like this skin cycling thing is like dying down like and you want to stay true to yourself and how I said be predictable for your clientele be predictable for your audience you don't want you know, to bring something on just because it's new and great. I've done that. I've been there. I wasted a lot of money doing that. So don't make the same mistakes that I did. Yeah. You're a girl that needs to learn from your mistakes. Yeah, I am. I'm trial by <laughs> fire. I've always been that way. That's why I've never had a mentor because they'd probably hate me. Yeah, because they'd be like, Savannah, don't do that. And I'd be like, I'm going to. Yep, absolutely. But that's how I learned. That's my personality. And I like experiences in life. I feel like I've learned so much more from my failures than I have from my successes. And while they suck and I've lost money, I've also made a lot by knowing what to do differently next time. Absolutely. Yeah. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And um, we love you so much. And we'll see you next Monday. Have a wonderful Monday, guys. Bye-bye. 